Welcome to the Inner Athlete Podcast, where we discuss all things youth athlete development and youth mentoring. All right. Welcome back, Nathan. Thank you. Um, the last one we spoke about is miss, and then we, I think we got a little bit carried away with that one. But yeah, I think there's plenty of more miss out there. But today, we're going to be talking oops, talking about um, specialization. Now, we're going to relate this specifically to... Um, is youth athletes because mm-hmm. that's basically who we look after here. Yep. I guess what is it, and how? What do we need to know about it in terms of, I guess, looking after the athlete and developing the athlete long term? Yeah, for sure. So when we talk about uh, specialization, we're talking about uh, specializing in in a, in a particular sport. So um, uh, a lot of a lot of athletes or a lot of uh, youth that that come through. Um, not only in our facility, but also some other, uh, just in, in general, uh, would stick to one sport across their whole kind of teenage years. Um, whether it's, maybe it's tennis, maybe it's swimming, maybe it's basketball. Um, so they're specializing in the one sport all throughout the year for the next, you know, from maybe as young as, you know, most, most, most athletes or, or kids start around maybe that six to seven years old um, and then they'll probably, you know, play that all the way up until, you know, 18. Um, now, I don't know where this, you know, comes from. I think sometimes parents would put, um, you know, put their child through uh, a particular sport and, and to hope that they become professional. If they play enough years um, and, and stay in that sport for long enough, they think that that was probably beneficial for their um, development and, and their opportunities in the sport. But um, what we've seen and, and what research has, has, has shown us is that um, it's probably more been much more beneficial to not specialise in one sport but actually uh, really... Um, really focus on providing opportunities to, to, to our youth um, in participating in, in multiple different sports and multiple different activities, whether it is playing two or three different sports within the, within the, the year, um, you know, trying different activities, you know, whether that's hiking or uh, skiing or anything that's a little bit different to maybe their, you know, field or court-based sports they may do, um, which is obviously quite um, popular here in Melbourne. Um, but I guess before I go into that, um, what do you think, Trent? You know, what are, you, what are your thoughts around, you know, this specialisation um, that's quite, I guess, prevalent at the moment? Those, those especially parents, I mean, there might be some out there listening at the moment, you know, um, that put you know, are trying, they're trying to, and, and you, you're coming from a good heart, that you're, you, you know, you guys want the best for your child, um, and you want them to succeed, and if, you know, you probably can see it, you can see that, you know, your child maybe loves footy, or loves basketball, and you can probably see them playing that, and, and doing that as an actual, you know, as a profession, and you want to give them the best opportunities to get to that, um, get to that point. Um, but there's a few things that maybe we can hopefully shed some light on that may help uh, in terms of their development. Yeah, it's 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 really interesting space because people think more is better. Mm. I think that's what it comes comes down to. A lot of um, professional athletes, I can't actually name a few off the top of my head, actually played you know two sports mm. during their 
um, more in the US. Um, there's, I've got a few examples in Australia as well. So Tom Brady, I think mm. everyone would know Tom Brady, uh, probably the, the, the best quarterback ever. Mm. He's won su- seven Super Bowls um, and he's been a full, uh, two-time MVP, I believe, um, Super Bowl MVP. Um, he played baseball mm. um, in high school. So yeah. he was actually, I think he was a catcher, I believe, um, Patrick Mahomes, um, he's also a Super Bowl champ, plays for Kansas City Chiefs, um, and he um, he also played baseball. He, I believe, he was a pitcher, and I think he was actually signed with a, a major league team as wow. well um, at the time. Um, Kyler Murray, who's another one who who's is a quarter uh, quarterback, hmm. and Arizona Cardinals. He was he was also signed. I think he was signed with New York and. New, um, New York Yankees, um, but more, more, and it's interesting because the skills that they have from baseball do transfer over, transfer quite over to NFL. Mm. It just as a quarterback, and it's really interesting. And you see a lot of like track athletes that transfer to other sports as well. You got Carlin Isles who plays rugby sevens for the US team. Um, he's an he was he was top four in the trials for the US trials and didn't qualify. I think it's top three gets. A, Qualifies, yeah. or something like. Oh, it was top five. Actually, it's top five because on their top four qualified because they do the relay as well. Mm. He was a sprinter, and he's an absolute weapon on the rugby field. And mm. he, he was able to carry that speed over to a game that um, rewards speed, mm. which is pretty simple. Mm. So obviously, doing track and field, it has a lot of carryover to other sports. Um, when we're coming more to Australia, I think uh, I'm probably gonna. Bam Bam Tuivasa, who's a UFC guy, right. um, he's climbing the heavyweight ranks. Um, he was signed with Sydney Roosters Development. I think it was under twenties at the time. Mm. Um, he was a good rugby player, but it just didn't, didn't enjoy it. But then he got into UFC individual sport, and then he ended up transferring across to that. So then, you know, the physicality of you know rugby league because you do need a good cardiovascular base and strength endurance and power as well for that mm. type of sport it, it's interesting it has a carryover then there was um, there's another UFC champ I think it's Nikolai Volkanovsky I think he's in Sydney as well he's got a fight coming up and he used to play um, state league um, the state competition mm. in New South Wales and he was actually a really good mm. um, rugby league player mm. then he I think I don't know what ha- I don't know too much about his story but all I know is he transferred to to mixed martial arts and he ended up becoming really successful mm. so we hear stories all the time of these the transfer of certain skills can be tra- um, or skills or athletic characteristics or can be transferred across to other sports and this is kind of like the nice thing we like to do with a lot of our kids is expose them to like a, a variety of um, physical attributes so mm. whether it's like strength power um, jumping, landing, throwing, um, change of direction, all these modalities mm. or all these characteristics, we want to be able to develop them. And in the gym, we can only spend so much time doing that. In other sports, we can actually do that as well. So a, a lot of sports, what we can do is we can always do one, we can do two sports. So there's a, um, another guy, I can't remember his name, is Mind Brain PI, I think this is Instagram tag anyway. Anyways, and he actually discusses about his children's development as well. He says he gets his kids doing a team sport and an individual sport. Mm. And the benefit of doing those, you learn things 
in a team sport that you wouldn't learn from an individual sport and you also learn things in an individual sport that you can transfer across to a team sport. So obviously in a team sport, you work as a team but also have individual roles. In an individual sport, you have, it's just you mm. essentially. It's kind of like, you know, you either show up or shut up and just move on. Mm. Or shut up, show up, put up, I can't remember what the saying is. Um, and a lot of those characteristics from individual sports have for for those kids will start to transfer quite nicely so if you think of like um whether they do a martial arts or something like that and they go play footy or soccer so that kicking and striking and, and explosiveness would carry quite nicely over to soccer mm. and that's what that's what um those similar physi- physical characteristics can be developed in another sport but it's they're not going to we're going to talk about this in a little bit of, in a second. If they continue with the same sport, they're more likely to get burnt out mm. because of the monotony of the sport. And kids do need some level of change up. And the nice thing about that, that carryover from one sport to the other. I actually got another example um, Jordan Maialata. Now, for those who don't know who he is, he's a basically he's a billionaire now. He plays for the Philadelphia Eagles. He's a, um, he's a lineman. He actually played for South Sydney Rabbitohs in the under-20s. He got scouted as part of the NFL program as well. Mm. Big dude, just like... And they told him to lose weight. And that was the main thing because he was way <laughs> too big for the sport. So, basically, he was like, no, nah, I'm not going to do that. And then he, he took a gamble and he ended up getting drafted by the Philadelphia Eagles. I think he was part of the Super Bowl team, but I think he was a backup lineman at the time. But now he's a starting lineman. So, he's mm. like... Um, like $100 million over five years or something like mm. that. It's only crazy. That's something, that's something nuts. Um, but anyways, it's interesting. Like I said before, these one sport can carry over nicely to another sport. Um, but that's, but obviously, Jordan is an exception because he never grew up playing NFL. Mm. That was never his sport. But a lot of the other examples I gave before had a lot of crossovers and parallels in terms of using one sport and transitioning throughout the teenage years or doing a summer-winter kind of swap. Mm. So, and what that does, it allows to develop other characteristics that you wouldn't be able to specifically develop in one sport. So, say for AFL, right? Like, with a junior development, like, there's no running technique being no. taught. I've never seen it. Auskick, juniors, yeah, under tens, whatever it may be. I haven't seen it being developed. No. If because track and field is a summer summer sport, right? Mm. It would be worthwhile to get your kid to do track and field because sure. what do they do? Teach you running, jumping, landing. Mm. Jumping is a jumping is a big deal in AFL. Your ability to be explosive um, in track and field is really important. Reaction time is also important as well, which mm. would have some positive carryover to AFL and now we know that a few of the AFL boys at the moment have had a track and field background Mm. so it's just like it's kind of crazy when you start picking it breaking it down of like what your kid might be missing from one sport or that lack of development even though they do a lot of running a lot of sports require a lot of running a lot of jumping a lot of landing if they can learn that in isolation they can actually begin to incorporate that Mm. no I think it's really good that you point out all these examples of professional athletes like I can you know think of a couple as well like you can um, Michael Jordan he played baseball as well right and then after he retired he went to baseball straight after that you know, maybe he had some connections obviously being the greatest basketball player but you know he still had that ability because you know he he played multiple different sports growing up um, even you know those uh, here in Melbourne uh, should know Ash Barty 
who's who won gun sh- cricketer and a gun golfer like golfer weapon yeah and I think she even likes her footy as well she could easily do AFL footy if she wanted to as well I think there were talks I think yeah. she might have gone to Richmond or something oh, okay. like oh, I hope yeah. so then. <laughs> <laughs> um, which would be pretty cool so you know we can obviously see that um, there's a there's a direct link to uh, those that are successful within the professional uh, in professional sport um, those who grew up playing multiple different sports developing different skill sets obviously have a really um, you know benefit beneficial um, development to to their um, you know to their careers so I think um, yeah there's there's an exceptions like you know there's I think there's Tiger Woods played um, golf when he was younger and all of that but you know, and he didn't play many other sports. And I think Federer is a similar one in, in tennis. But uh, for the most part, if you talk to you know talk to these professional athletes, that they, they definitely have had other um, other carryovers and and definitely carried over skills that they've learned from certain um, sports. Like I've even seen a lot of footy players that played basketball, touch rugby, touch rugby, yeah. Um, but definitely, you know, in that in that environment, you know, yes, it is a physical contact sport but in basketball you know you you're made to um, make a lot of fast uh, decisions you know that your reactive time your your ability to change directions really quickly okay is, is going to be really beneficial in that in that basketball setting uh, sorry in that footy setting when everyone's you know going for the ball and there's you know 10 of you there you know you know I've seen these guys you know just be able to duck and weave through the players because they've been they've had they've exposed themselves to these similar movements when it comes to basketball and then coming back to your point around you know burnout or even just overuse injuries like you know we all know I guess the the common injury in in tennis the tennis elbow right commonly happens because they're their their arm or the, the arm that they're dominantly you know serving with hitting a forehand backhand with Okay, they're using that arm over and over and over the same specific movement. There's no, um, you know, and other muscles of the body aren't really getting stressed. So, of course, if everything's going through that one movement, then there's going to cause issues later down track. We even see that with um, Novak Djokovic over the last few years. He's been dealing with something around his elbow because he's been playing such such a, such a young age, whereas, um, you know, we see athletes that have been exposed to other movements, whether it's sprinting, jumping, throwing, sports, uh, they incorporate using the whole muscular system or the whole body, and that's what we, you know, we try and do here within the our our facility is that we try and develop the total athlete because there is going to be times in their sports where they're just going to be going through the same movements over and over and over again. So it is really important that our body's going through, I guess balanced stress like when we're programming our strength programs and things like that we're ensuring that all the muscles that are that that are that you know the major muscle groups use uh, are balanced within the program otherwise if you're doing too much bench press for example you're going to get rounded shoulders and you're going to probably cause you know some postural issues and that sort of thing so we're going to make sure we've got back exercises and rows and things like that so that we're using the muscles in our back um, to, to keep our shoulders in, in, a, in a neutral position, if that makes sense. Yeah, you can go too far the other way. Um, like golf, you know, you swing in one direction. Obviously, we work with work with a couple of golfers and we try and, you know, get them to rotate the other way. It gives them more capacity to move and less strain um, through those overused areas and obviously there'll be um, a lack of strain through other areas mm. as a result. But let's, let's move on. Contraindications. So there's some... 
some sports where you, development needs to be happening early, but we, it's still not specialized, specialized, I would say, because you still got to go through the phases of development of, um, I guess, developing the skills, motor control, and all that jazz. I'd say swimming and gymnastics kind of sit into that because the way that I've seen swimming unfold in front of us, yeah, swim, we start swimming from a very young age. It's, you know, it's more about developing the skills, a bit more of enjoyment, um, but also we live on an island, mm. so we've got access to a, a body of water literally <laughs> everywhere. Um, then gymnastics. Gymnastics, on the other hand, yeah, it's really developing that mo- uh, movement and motor control at a very early age. And because a kid's, um, kid's relative strength is, that strength is actually pretty high when they're quite young. So when they're three, four, five, you know, they can hang from beams and, you know, quite easily. And we can really develop their overall system um, quite easily and quite quickly and because they're quite young they're like sponges as well so mm. for these types of sports um, it's it's a little bit different and because of with gymnastics the average age well the i guess the age for i guess for females in, gy- in gymnastics is you know it's not like what it is for males in gymnastics at the competitive level males in gymnastics you know are a little bit older in the mid-20s where i guess female gymnastics the game oh sorry has kind of changed where it used to be like, you know, 15, 16, 17. Now they're getting a little bit older as well in mm. terms of um, their actual development. So it's, but even within the swimming and gymnastics model of development, there are phases they still need to hit as well mm. in order to move up to the next phase. Like we had Caitlin, who was one of our interns here as well. You know, she talked all about gymnastics with us in terms of what she does with her juniors all the way up to the girls who, you know, who compete at the state level Mm, mm. as well they specifically there's specific phases that they need to get through and skills they need to master in order to move up to the next part Mm, mm. it's really good to see and even in the swimming environment that um, a lot of clubs have invested in in what they call dry land strength and conditioning because they see that the benefits you know to um, doing that fundamental movements whether it's a bit deadlift squats you know, push-ups, all of that sort of thing, how that really positively transfers or, or affects um, their, their swimming. So, um, no, nah, that's really good to, to know. Yeah, and what and why do we specialise later in adolescence? Because the main thing is is we, we have to develop the basic motor patterns. It's like learning how to write. So, let's go back to primary school. Mm. So, we learn, we get up, we haven't even got our pen license yet, we've got our little pencil, we've got all the lines to assist us and we write like a whole page of A's essentially, line after line after line after line, then we go on to mm. our B's, C's, D's and whatever it may be. As you would notice, you get better and better in writing that letter specifically. Okay. It gets neater and neater and more legible as you go on with more practice. This is kind of the same thing as well. As we start developing the basic motor skills whether it's you know crawling climbing you know gripping hanging um, rolling whatever it may be say for gymnastics then we can start to make it a little bit more complex so more complex in terms of the writing analogy would be to start forming short words together and this but cause whatever whatever it is mm-hmm. we can form something legible and we're mm-hmm. combining some skills together that would look somewhat like a a routine essentially mm. over time and this is over like months and years by the way 
Then we tra- continue the transition, then they might be given their pen license later on down the track because they have mastered the basic skills in order to compete at that level, which are a basic requirement mm. in order to blah, blah, blah. So like say, say we're swimming, you got to hit a certain time in mm. order to qualify for for states or for nationals or whatever it may be. And that's kind of like the critical thing um, is we have to go through these stages of development. You can't go from A to Z without going A to B. Exactly. So... And that's the main thing is you can't skip or you can't force learn development or learn development because they won't retain it. And that's the critical mm-hmm. part. When you're building skills upon skills upon skills and building that complexity over time and giving it the time, you're allowing the, I guess, the neural pathways to, to I guess, adapt. So whether it's in the brain and the, sp- uh, the brain, spinal cord and the muscles and the coordination. And then we're going to see, start to see more physiological adaptation. So that body composition might change. Their skeletal structure might change a little bit. Um, we're going to see positive changes um, occur, which is going to help them with their performance specifically mm. later on down the track. Then we can go more down the rabbit hole for doing more like real specific work um, with them. So if they have like a deficiency in terms of like work capacity or something like that, then we can work specifically more on their work capacity. But overall, when it comes to developing athletes, we're working on a lot of characteristics. Mm. Um, and then some athletes are going to be more predisposed to been really good at certain characteristics like whether it's been really elastic and explosive some some athletes are just going to be really strong and just you know have a have a great work capacity so mm-hmm. then you're going to be able to work on other characteristics to help complement what they already have already so then they don't feel like there's any specific gaps and then they can um when they're in the gym mm-hmm. yeah i think um making sure well, i think you know, those who are listening, maybe a bit of a, I guess, a takeaway or, or what you can kind of take from what we've been speaking about is that um, we have to really uh, put our our kids first in terms of their development. And what I mean by that is putting what is important first, uh, or what's most important for the development, not what's most important for where we think they're going to be. So... Um, you know, ensuring that they're exposed to running, sprinting, jumping, throwing. You know, if they're doing a like a sport like soccer, for example, really good, really good for foot foot coordination. You're still getting your sprinting, some jumping, not a lot. Okay, but you're not getting a lot of kind of coordination and and work through your through the upper body, right? So, um, trying to pair or get about two or three different sports throughout the year that that kind of covers all those movements, and then of course investing into into strength and conditioning where we kind of um, can work through the areas that maybe they aren't exposed to. So, you know, we've we've spoken about you know in our strength programs we, you know, we have sports or we have athletes that are in that. Um, kind of then the right time to specialize because they've they've exposed themselves to so many different sports and then as they've gotten older and, and usually around that you know maybe 15 16 years old that's when they can start to really um, pick apart you know where where what do they firstly most enjoy but secondly where is their talents really lie and you know if it is a particular sport um, you know that that they've been playing that they think yep yeah, I reckon I'm gonna really hone in and focus on that over the next couple of years as as you know there's training camps and institutes and all of that those opportunities come to them around that time so it, it kind of is a, a good time for them to start focusing there but um, in saying that we still can't forget that there's still other elements to our um, 
to our human body that that we need to address um and i think you know reaching out to whether it's sport coaches or or, or strength conditioning coaches that really understand how the body moves um, and develops uh, is going to be really important in your you know in your child or in your teens um, development years um, in their in their sporting endeavors cool i think we'll wrap it up there yeah that's it Sweet. Good thanks stuff. talk to you soon you have just listened to the inner athlete podcast be sure to subscribe to stay up to date with the release of weekly episodes Be sure to follow us on Facebook and Instagram to get great tips on all things youth athlete development and youth mentoring.